Welcome to the podcast, How to Be Well and Strong. I'm your host, Jacqueline Genova, and I'm excited to have you join me as I speak with some of the leading figures in the fields of wellness, integrative medicine, and mental health, as we discover what it truly means to be well and strong in both body and mind. Get ready to be empowered, inspired, and motivated about being an advocate for your own health. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm excited for you to tune in today as we speak with Dr. Amber to learn all about leaky gut, as well as some practical action steps to take to improve our digestive health. Dr. Amber is a licensed naturopathic doctor based out of Los Angeles, California. She is trained in regenerative medicine, detoxification protocols, hormone testing and treatment, bioidentical hormone therapy, peptide therapy, and IV nutrient therapy. She specializes in women's health and peptide therapy. Dr. Amber is a highly sought-after speaker and featured on numerous podcasts and digital educational summits. Dr. Amber is an active member of the Florida Naturopathic Doctors Association, the International Peptide Society, and has completed peptide therapy certification training through the American Academy of Anti-Aging. Dr. Amber, welcome to the show. This is one of my absolute favorite topics because I don't think many people recognize that having a healthy gut means more than simply being free of annoyances like heartburn or bloating, but it's truly connected to everything that happens in our body. So I'm really excited to chat with you on this. Likewise. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that a lot of the women and men that I meet with, they come to me for sideline problems, but usually we end up going back to the gut to address things there. So very important. Not surprised. Yeah. All disease begins in the gut, right? Hippocrates. Yeah. That's like one of my favorite quotes. Yeah. Wonderful. And I was just mentioning to you before, I know your specialty is peptide therapy. So I would love to have another episode just dedicated to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for purposes of this show, we're going to be focusing on leaky gut. So Dr. Amber, what is leaky gut and how does it impact the overall functioning of our digestive systems? Yeah, so leaky gut is essentially, it's referring to that gut lining. uh, And our gut lining is designed to be selectively permeable, right? So certain things should get through, other things should be uh, prevented from getting through, like bacteria, toxins, undigested food particles. And when we have this leaky gut, or the other term is intestinal permeability, you think about like holes or perforations happening in that gut lining, and it allows a lot of these noxious molecules to sneak through, like toxins, bacteria. Uh, LPS is one of the products of uh, bacteria in the gut that can sneak through. And then it can trigger this really um, exaggerated immune response, which leads to a lot of those, those health issues we'll talk more about. But uh, it's essentially the, the breaking of what we call the tight junctions in the gut lining. And those tight junctions are really holding everything together. Uh, and when they pull apart, and then we're uh, subjected to uh, these bacteria, these other harmful substances sneaking through and that you know, causes a, a host of other responses, immune responses and, and further health issues. Yeah, not a fun thing to have. And what are some potential causes or triggers of leaky gut? Yeah, well, I think the big one that is really prevalent now is emotional stress, right? We know that that is a huge trigger for many people living in the world that we do. Right? We're constantly bombarded by information and technology and everything expanding so fast. So that's a big one. A poor diet, of course, certain foods that we're consuming can 
drive leaky gut or cause that intestinal permeability even more so. Uh, already having chronic inflammation, right, that's playing a role in uh, driving more of that leaky gut. I think about alcohol as a trigger for that. So uh, consuming lots of beer, wine, you know, even uh, even above the, the limit that's set for men and women, any amount of alcohol can, can trigger that. Uh, and then other medications, right? So NSAIDs are a big one, right? All of your pain relieving medications. A lot of women will take those around their period if they have really heavy cycles or uh, for pain. There's chronic pain is an epidemic. So there's a lot of people that are kind of popping those pain pills um, over the counter and NSAIDs every day. And that really drives uh, the leaky gut. Yeah, I'm sure. And antibiotics too. And just for listeners, and I'm, I don't know if you've probably seen this on Wall Strong, but I was diagnosed with leaky gut back in college or high school. And the funny thing is that I obviously recognized, you know, that my symptoms were related to it once I knew of the condition and, you know, we'll discuss symptoms later. But looking back on my childhood, I took so many antibiotics for so many different things. And in fact, I had learned that when I was born, I got an infection in the hospital and Mm -hmm. within like two days of being born, I was put on these very heavy antibiotics. Mm -hmm. And at that point, your immune system is not even developed yet, you know? So I've always wondered if that played a role in, you know, obviously affecting my gut functioning. And then the protocol years ago too for mitral valve prolapse um, used to be you have to take like these six big horse Mm -hmm. antibiotic pills every time you had a dental cleaning. And I did that for years, twice a year. And then finally in like, you know, when I was 12 years old, they they changed their protocol. But so many people are on antibiotics, even for acne, doxycycline is very common. And again, people don't realize the impact that those play in their digestive health. Yeah, so true. That That's really interesting to hear from your personal experience too. But yeah, a lot of medications, antibiotics, not only trigger the, the leaky gut, but then they, you know, disrupt the microbiome. So then you have a double, double whammy. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, going back to symptoms though, can you elaborate on what some common symptoms of leaky gut are that people should be aware of? Definitely. Yeah. Well, I think what a lot of people notice is just the digestive issues as far as gas and bloating and uh, loose stools, right? Abdominal pain for some people. So they'll, they'll notice those after certain foods, um, food sensitivities, right? I can, a lot of people say I can't eat dairy. I can't eat gluten. I feel better when I don't eat these foods. Um, that could be anything from eggs to nuts to, you know, there could be lots of different food sensitivities and that's linked to those foods actually seeping through that, that gut lining, the immune system reacting, and then, uh, really not tolerating them well, getting GI side effects. Uh, the other thing that I, I hear a lot is people will say, I've even, even younger individuals might have some joint pain, some low back pain, right? And they don't really link that to their gut, but there is an association between uh, leaky gut and the inflammation, the chronic systemic inflammation, right? The inflammaging that ages us uh, and, and affecting, you know, joint pain and back pain and things like that. So inflammation, systemic inflammation, joint pain. Uh, we think about the... Uh, impact also on mood is a big one that we also don't commonly correlate, right? In conventional medicine, we have a psychiatrist or a doctor who works with mental health. And then we have a doctor who's a GI, a doctor who works with the gut, and we 
rarely uh, look at the cross association between what's happening in the gut affecting the brain. And so depression, anxiety, those are big ones where we think about. I'd love to elaborate on that too at some point. And I, I recently heard that I think it's like over 90% of serotonin is actually produced in your gut, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the irony is that so many people who suffer from depression, for example, are put on these SSRIs, which, you know, some people, you know, need them, whatnot. Every case is individual. Yeah. But for the most part, I think the doctor should look at, again, the gut health of the patient. You know, maybe your your body's not actually absorbing the serotonin that's produced in your gut. So we should try to optimize your digestive health. So yeah, the approaches are sadly so siloed, but Absolutely. definitely an important area there. Yeah. The other one is and, seasonal allergies too. So yeah. that can be linked as well. We don't just always associate all of the congestion and the itchy eyes and runny nose, but there is a link uh, there between some gut inflammation and allergies yeah. in general. Definitely. And my understanding too is that like blood or stool tests for zonulin can indicate the presence of leaky gut. And I know certain blood tests can also show potential causes like high levels of histamine, like antibodies to intestinal cells, and then immune activation to bacteria. But are there any other specific tests or diagnostic methods available for identifying leaky gut? Those are the common ones. Uh, the most common one that I do is, is run a stool panel where you look at zonulin, right? And that's that protein that really holds things together in the tight junction. So if you see high zonulin, while things are breaking apart, we're having a lot of destruction of the the gut lining. Uh, There is a test called the lactulose mannitol test, and that's where you're actually ingesting some of the essentially sugars, um, and then you're finding them in the urine, essentially, and you're assessing, well, are they getting through the intestinal lining, and that's why they're showing up. Um, that's a less common test. It is a test that's available, but most common is a stool panel or a blood test where we're looking at those autoantibodies uh, to zonulin or, or toxins. Is leaky gut, is, is it a recognized medical condition? Like what does the scientific research say about its existence and significance? Great question. It used to be laughed at about 20 to 30 years ago if you would have brought up leaky gut or intestinal permeability in the conventional medical world, that that was a joke. Uh, Now there's a lot of literature. You can go on PubMed, you can find a lot of research on um, intestinal permeability, the word that they really use, or leaky gut, which is what we're talking about, the more common uh, term that's used. So yeah, it it is now recognized in the medical community. Um, I don't know. And after it was recognized, then, then we're looking at what are the treatments for that? And where natural medicine and naturopathic medicine really shines is in providing those options that a lot of times are not available in a conventional medicine world uh, to improve gut health. I think I had shared this in one of my previous episodes, but I had actually, I want to say visited for lack of a better word, but I went to go see the founder of Leaky Gut, Dr. Alessio Fasano, who worked at Massachusetts General Hospital years ago when I still lived in Boston Mm -hmm. because I heard you know, he was in their department and I was so excited to just pick his brain. So I made an appointment with him and spent like an hour just chatting with him. But it's truly, truly fascinating research. It really is. How fun. Um, yeah, yeah it, it was. It was quite the conversation. Yeah. And my follow-up question to that is when diagnosing leaky gut, is that something that's on, I guess, like a spectrum? Like could someone have more of a severe leaky gut than someone else? Yeah, you can look at that zonulin level and it could be mildly elevated versus a really uh, extreme elevation. 
The other marker that I really like to look at on a stool panel, I run something called the GI map. And it's very comprehensive, but it looks at a marker called anti-gliadin. And so it's a, an antibody to gliadin, which is that protein that's found in, in gluten or wheat. And so that's also really helpful if you see both sonulin elevated and the anti-gliadin uh, antibody elevated. It's a sign that there is a lot of leaky gut and then gluten is one of the big triggers. Your immune system is really reacting to that gluten because it's sneaking through uh, uh, that selectively permeable barrier. And here you have an immune response happening. Have you heard of the Viome test? I have. Yeah. I what, have. Are your, what are your thoughts on that? I'm just curious. Cause I think I did that like years ago, again, back when I was working with an integrative doctor back in high school and she had me do that test. Yeah. They do have some really helpful recommendations as far as, I think they look at like the genetic uh, aspects yes. of the Viome as well. So, and they guide more recommendations based on, on your results. I think it can be really helpful for some people. Um, I think there's also parts of it that may be a little bit inconclusive as far as like really severe GI, lifelong GI issues, right? So I think it can guide some of those recommendations quite well. Yeah. Yeah. But there's better ones now. So I'm excited to tap into those. So we've covered um, triggers and symptoms. Now we're going to kind of shift to, I guess, obviously addressing it, right? And we hear a lot about this 5R program remove, replace, re-inoculate, repair, and rebalance that functional medicine uses as, I guess, a guide to, to treat chronic issues. Great protocol. I use this all the time. I actually send this and include it in uh, the protocol for everyone when we look at the GI map and walk through their results. So remove is essentially getting rid of any sort of um, bad bacteria, right, that are elevated. Fungal overgrowth is a really common one. Parasites are a possible thing. So adding in some of those antimicrobial herbs, thinking about antiviral herbs, antifungal herbs, um, antiparasitic therapies, it could be using medications for those. The, the, what I like to rely on is more of the botanicals for those. So um, a lot of antifungals, caprylic acid, garlic, right, oil of oregano, there's, you know, antiparasitic uh, specific things. So it depends on what we find on their, on the panel, right on the stool panel, but we'll add in the uh, agent that we're looking to eradicate or reduce in the gut. So that's remove. Uh, replace is really if there's maldigestion, we have low stomach acid, low production of enzymes, which we will find on a stool panel or GI map. Then we want to really support that. Uh, that can also be a huge factor in things overgrowing further down, like SIBO happening or candida, right? That's yeast overgrowth in the gut. And so uh, we're looking at adding in things like betaine HCL, which is just stomach acid, apple cider vinegar, bitters, things of that nature, or adding in a digestive enzyme. So that can help you break down your fats, proteins, carbohydrates. And quick question on that too, Dr. Amber. Yeah. People who have SIBO or, or yeast overgrowth, does that automatically mean that they also have leaky gut? Like what's the relationship between the two? There's a strong correlation. Uh, it's not 100% of the time, but almost almost always. Candida goes hand in hand with, with leaky gut almost always because there's an immune response happening. Yeah. So you can, you can find that on testing. Most of the time with SIBO, there's also leaky gut. Gotcha. Interesting. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. I think we're on repair next, yeah. maybe. Good question. Yeah. Um, so re-inoculated is just probiotics and prebiotics. 
right? So adding in those good bacteria and then repair is really what we focus on for leaky gut. So that's adding in things that can support the immune system, colostrum, immunoglobulins are an all-star that's really being talked about now and how they can help with the immune function, that overactive immune system in the gut. Um, Glutamine, L-glutamine is is food for those enterocytes, right? Those cells in the gut lining. So we, we love that for repair. Aloe vera is one. I like to actually have a lot of my patients do a, a two ounce aloe vera shot in the morning, right? I love that. Down the hatch. Yeah. And it, it's pretty tasteless. It, it tastes pretty good. Uh, so it's easy to do. DGL, marshmallow, slippery elm. A lot of these just soothing, nourishing herbs for the gut lining is what we use in a leaky gut to repair. Yeah. It's awesome. Very, very helpful framework. Yes. Now another, I guess, favorite area of mine, and I selfishly have quite a few questions I want to pick your brain on, but let's shift to diet, right? So diet obviously plays a massive role in the management of leaky gut. Let's just start with the basics. What is the most optimal diet for someone who has leaky gut? Yeah. So the, a part of it is removing some of those trigger foods, right? foods that we know contribute to leaky gut. And that involves, uh, for most people, avoiding gluten entirely. So any foods containing gluten, those gluten-containing grains, um, yep, completely pulling them out of the diet because the gut can't heal if it's constantly being exposed to the offending agent, which for a lot of people is gluten or that protein in gluten called gliadin, which causes that immune response. So that's a big one. Focusing more on more on the positive, right? The, the whole foods. Um, so healthy meats, vegetables, uh, fish, eggs. If you're not sensitive to those, some people are. Healthy fats, uh, fermented foods uh, in people who don't have a history of fungal overgrowth, because fermented foods can can feed that. If you've had candida in the past, so. Uh, yeah, focusing on those real foods, avoiding all the processed foods, avoiding all of the um, add-ins, like a lot of the the milks now, almond milk, coconut milk, they'll have carinogen, they'll have a lot of these additives, which are links, we think, are to also to leaky gut. I just got, um, what's it called, an almond milk or an almond cow milk maker where you can make your own nut milk. And it has been game-changing because I'll just include like dates, cashews, and water. And I have this massive thing of, milk without all the additives. It's wonderful. Ah, oh, that sounds amazing. I need to get one of those. I haven't invested in one yet, but definitely. It's a good thing to have. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, and also to Dr. Amber. So on one of my tests, again, while a while ago, but I, I still abide by a gluten-free diet, showed that I had a gluten intolerance. Hmm. What are your thoughts on gluten consumption just in general, right? Because we hear all these different ideologies of how, you know, gluten in the U.S. is not pure, it's binary. And that's why when folks go to Europe, it's pure gluten and they don't experience digestive issues. So do you just recommend cutting out gluten from your diet? Yeah, I I find that's a common recommendation that I give now just because, yeah, the gluten that we eat now is not the same thing that existed 300 500 years ago. It's not the same thing our ancestors were eating. It's very modified uh, from its original you know, molecules. So that in itself can contribute to some of those gut issues. And then you just look at uh, the glyphosate that, that wheat is sprayed with, right? And so a Roundup. And that also adds a 
very toxic component to eating, eating a lot of gluten that can damage the gut lining and then lead to, you know, all sorts of immune reactions, uh, gut issues, bloating, right? All of the things that we talked about. So yeah, all in all, most people should avoid it. There's a few people who will say, I, I feel fine when I eat gluten, but it's really just kind of a matter of time, right? Before exactly. that their gut. I'm so sensitive to it to the point that if I get accidentally glutened, I guess is the term people use, I will experience brain fog for like up to a week afterwards. Um, I just don't feel well physically. So I'm obviously very sensitive to it, but it's a common experience. The brain fog is real. Yeah. Yeah. No, it really is. And again, I didn't learn that until post-college and looking back, I was like always curious why I had all this brain fog in college, just attributing it to lack of sleep or, you know, studying too much, but it it really was the diet. So it definitely plays a really big role. Absolutely. Yeah. Have you heard of the GAPS diet? I have. Yeah. It's something that we talked about a lot when I was in medical school and clinicals and still use it. Yeah. Can you share a bit with listeners on that? Absolutely. Uh, So essentially, it's a diet that's really designed to help heal the gut. The GAP stands for Gut and Psychology Syndrome. Uh, Natasha Campbell McBride was the one who came up with the GAPS diet. And so it it really encompasses a lot of things we just talked about, including whole foods, removing the problematic foods, processed foods, refined sugars, um, gluten, right, grains, that sort of thing. And then it in addition to all of that, it really incorporates a lot of the gut healing components, things that we can do through supplementation or diet to heal the gut lining. And so collagen is a really helpful thing as well as bone broth. So heavy on the bone broth, which I find to be really helpful as well, uh, because it, if you get the authentic bone broth or make it from home, uh, you, you're going to have really good protein concentration in there. We think about the healing power of amino acids to help repair that gut lining. So yeah, it's really helpful. It also incorporates some of those fermented foods, sauerkraut, right? Healthy fermented things. Um, Not always a good idea. Again, if you've had fungal overgrowth, but for many people can be helpful for the good, healthy um, gut bugs. But it's really more of a, it can be personalized for everybody, but it's really a approach to healing the gut through diet. Yeah. So I actually did that diet shortly after my visit with Dr. Fasano and quite honestly, didn't really know what I was getting into. Had this like Gab's book guide tutorial with like the six different stages. And just for listeners, it is very restrictive and intense. So you have to like really be in it. If you're going to do it, you can't, you know, keep one foot in and one foot out, but it really did help me. Again, Mm -hmm. I noticed a lot of the symptoms that I had go away. Um, I used to suffer from chronic hives and Mm -hmm. I went to so many different allergists and they essentially said, oh, you know, idiopathic urticaria, it's probably stress induced. You have no known allergies. And I just left the office thinking this doesn't sound right. Like there's something obviously going on. And then again, you know, started learning more about leaky gut, but it actually reversed those hives and I was able to get off of my allergy meds that I was on for years. So Mm -hmm. I personally am a huge fan of it. Again, I think I did it for like maybe six to eight months, but I just remember making loads and loads of bone broth in my Instapot and just (laughs) sipping on it like multiple times a day. But I'm a, Mm -hmm. I'm a huge bone broth enthusiast. Yeah. Yeah. I find it to be a really good uh, thing too, for women specifically, 
uh, because it is high in protein. It's a lower calorie food. So even if you're doing like a modified fast, and you want to fast a little bit more in the morning, adding in just a little bit of bone broth and doing like a bone broth fast. So, and then the, the leaky gut, the gut healing component of it. It's awesome. Yeah. Exactly. It's always, it's always funny looking at the face on the butcher when I go to a Whole Foods or Sprouts and I'm like, do you have grass fed bones? And they look at me like I'm crazy because that's not usually a common question. Although now people are starting to pick up on it. And I, oh, but um, there's another, there's another company I tried their reset. It's not, they're actually in California. You've probably heard of them. Owl Venice. Mm. They do like a four to six day reset program and they send you glass bottles or glass jars rather of organic bone broth. And it's really, really nice. Yes, I have heard of them. Yeah, they're more definitely based in California, but they really took off because it it helps, right? They'll ship across the country to me in South Carolina. So if anyone wants to check them out, I'm I'm a fan. It's great. And and also to Dr. Amber, so what are the potential long-term consequences of untreated or unmanaged leaky gut? Because I feel like so many people obviously are experiencing symptoms. They may not know that it is in fact leaky gut, nor have they you know, really been tested for it. So what are some of those consequences? Yeah. So we talked about some of the symptoms that can happen as a result of leaky gut, like bloating and um, you know, gas and, and abdominal pain, those sorts of things. But really that can progress to a more severe manifestations of, of gut symptoms like IBS, right? Irritable bowel syndrome or even IBD, which is very inflammatory and, and really hard to reverse once it, it progresses to a stage of IBD. Um, and that'd be like Crohn's or colitis, right? A lot of inflammation happening. Uh, celiac is people who really have uh, severe uh, intolerance, allergy, they really cannot tolerate gluten at all in any shape or form. Uh, and so it can also progress to celiac, right? So worsening of those GI disorders, um, autoimmune disorder. So IBD is a type of autoimmune disorder. There is a link between, uh, so gliadin is that protein in wheat. We know that that mimics the thyroid hormone, right? The thyroid. And so there can be a little bit of molecular mimicry that happens. And so when food, undigested food seeps through the gut lining, our immune system reacts to it. Uh, it can trigger an immune reaction to our thyroid or other uh, places in our body developing an autoimmune condition. And so that's, that's a, a huge piece for many people is uh, if you have one autoimmune condition, the likelihood of getting a second one is higher, right? Uh, so there's prevalence there, but usually it starts in the gut. We know that autoimmunity almost always begins in the gut with that leaky yeah. gut. So chronic inflammation, joint pain, you know, migraines, headaches, a lot of the cognitive dysfunction, right? You mentioned the brain fog, worsening of that, depression, anxiety, so many different pieces there. It shouldn't come as a surprise too, right? Because 70% of the immune system is in our gut, yeah. right? And once people recognize that, they're like, oh, it makes sense. It's connected. Yeah. Um, so definitely a link there with autoimmunity. And another area that I'm really fascinated in is the gut-brain connection yes. and obviously the impact on our gut health for our mental health. And we had briefly touched on you know, depression and serotonin before, but yeah. could you elaborate a bit more on that topic and Specifically, I think I had recall reading um, one story about this woman whose child suffered from autism and she put him on the GAPS diet 
and it essentially reversed, I mean, most of his symptoms. So there's these crazy stories out there about healing the lining of your gut and then being able to heal a lot of, you know, some of these mental diseases that people suffer with. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a, there's a term that I share a lot with patients that I work with and it's called leaky brain, leaky gut, leaky gut, leaky brain. So if, if one is leaky or permeable, essentially bad things can sneak through. Uh, usually you're going to see that happening in the gut. So when people have like a TBI or a head injury, car accident, some sort of accident that they have whiplash or, or head trauma, um, concussion, right? Sports accident, injury, that can dramatically impact that gut lining, right? So there is that link there. We know that what what's happening with the blood-brain barrier and the gut barrier often mirror each other. <laughs> yeah. And so very important to acknowledge that um, whenever there is a head trauma, we, we just go all anti-inflammatory, really change the diet, almost uh, avoid, you know, pretty much all carbohydrates after any sort of injury like that, mostly kind of keto-ish, um, trying to balance the the inflammation levels and protect the gut lining at the same time. Yeah, so. I had um, I had just interviewed a doctor who's an integrative neurologist, and we had discussed the t- the topic of concussions. Yeah. And exactly, he said exactly what you said. You know, mm-hmm. and we were looking at it from the perspective of the brain, right? But it also applies, obviously, to to leaky gut. And what are your thoughts on fasting for leaky gut? I think it can help because when we think about what happens during fasting is uh, we're turning over old cells, we're repairing new cells, right? We're doing a lot of uh, repair of the gut lining, repair of the brain, kind of, yeah, I think about it like a vacuum cleaner going through yeah. our, our gut and just getting rid of all the bad stuff. So yeah, it can be quite helpful. Um, you do need certain nutrients and foods in there as well to help rebuild, right? That's the importance of amino acids, collagen proteins, right? A lot of those soothing uh, herbs, marshmallow, okra, you know, uh, DGL, things that help to, to coat that lining too. But yeah, I think fasting can can definitely help that repair process to accelerate. If we're always putting food in, our gut is always working and we never really have that time to repair. So Pretty much every woman I work with, I recommend a minimum 12-hour fast, right? So if you quit eating at 7 p.m., do not eat anything until 7 a.m. The longer, the better. 16-hour fast is even better. Uh, Or some people will do a 24-hour fast one day a week. But those can accelerate that healing process for sure. Not to go off subject, but what are your thoughts on... I guess, like long-term fasting for women. And I know obviously it's important to recognize that there's better times throughout your cycle where we should be fasting more so than others. And that I guess too much could put undue stress on our bodies. So yeah, for most women that are menstruating women, uh, I find that anything over three to five days is, is too long of a fast in the sense that, uh, what can happen is a lot of these, like, for example, your thyroid will start to downregulate because it senses there's a famine and then that can further cause issues, slow uh, movement of the bowels, right? Lower mood, depression, um, lots of effects, higher cholesterol if the thyroid is low. So I do tend to see with a lot of fitness competitors and women who are doing um, really low calorie diets or 
Um, they come to me and they're they're doing fasting, and you do see that downregulation in a lot of those hormones, right? The reproductive capacity, hair thinning, hair loss, and so exaggerated um, fasting, long long periods of fasting, can can affect reproduction and fertility, and um, yeah, metabolic burn rate, and and we want to keep our energy energy up for the most part. I think the shorter fasts are really what shine what's really healthy for women, right? Because we're giving our body just enough of that break to repair uh, everything. And then we're adding in nutrition as well. Yeah, that makes sense. And Dr. Amber, for someone who is listening, who again, is exposed to this for the first time, they're thinking, hey, I'm experiencing some of these symptoms. I have leaky gut. What do I do? And obviously they're inundated with all this information and so many different things that people are saying on the best diet and supplements. What are three easy, practical steps that they should take? Yeah, well, some of them that we talked about, I would say uh, not eating before bed is is a big one, right? Because while you're sleeping, a lot of the repair process is happening. That is just when your body is in total repair, anti-aging mode. Deep sleep is when women regulate a lot of their hormones. We you know, uh, heal a lot of our gut lining during sleep, so making sure A, we're getting enough sleep, B, it's a fasted sleep. Our growth hormone will rise about midnight, 1 a.m. And that's an amazingly helpful hormone. If we eat right before bed, we're going to blunt that. We're not going to get that that really useful hormone that can help with repairing the gut and the joints and the brain. So that's a big one. Um, I do love bone broth, right? That's such an easy add-in, either making it from home. There's a lot of companies now who have really clean bone broth that you can get at the grocery store, if that's not an option. So we talked about bone broth. It's amazing for leaky gut. It's a good source of protein. It's just a win all around for women. Um, and then the other thing I would say is, yeah, probably just removing a lot of those trigger foods, right? And acknowledging how you're feeling after you're eating. I think there's a lot of disconnect between when I eat gluten, you notice the brain fog, was really dramatic for you. Some people do really notice dramatic symptoms, but other people, it can be a delayed response, right? It can, it doesn't always happen right after. Maybe the next day is when you're experiencing a lot of those GI issues, right? So yeah. it, sometimes it's, it's not always clear cut, but pulling out those foods that are inflammatory, the omega-6 fats, right? Canola oil, so many foods, even at health food stores that have that so in there. Funny. So just avoiding the processed foods, the um, artificial sweeteners, right? A lot of those other damaging foods uh, remove the trigger and things get better just with that alone. <laughs> awesome. I love those. Yeah. And again, I think that's what's most important, right? Is just providing people with small steps that they could take rather than, you know, having to shift their entire lives and you build daily healthy habits and then you build on that and your life really does change. So those are spot on. I love those. Yeah. And Dr. Amber, where, where can listeners find you? Yeah, so there's a couple of places. My website has a lot of information about peptides and how to connect with me. So that's dramberND.com. And then Instagram and YouTube are the places that I'm most active. So Instagram is just, again, Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R, Amber, N-D. You can find me there. And then YouTube is the Peptide Doc. So a lot of interviews and uh, information on peptides and how they can help with repair and deep sleep and skin and gut health and all the fun things. So 
I love that. I will include all of those in links in the show notes, but I am a huge fan of your Instagram account. As I was sharing before you started recording, we've been connected for the past like three years and now just finally starting to, to chat face to face. So it's, it's truly been an honor and I'm, I'm so happy to have you among the first interviewees on the show. And this is definitely going to help so many listeners. Thank you so much. I would love to have another episode just dedicated again to peptide therapy because you are the expert in that space. Um, so, but my last question for you is what does being well and strong mean to you? Hmm. Yeah, I, I think that when I think about that word, I think about like the autonomy of taking care of yourself, right? Taking care of your body every day, committing to yourself to be, to be well and to be strong, um, keeping those commitments to yourself. And then, you know, it's really hard to help other people move forward in their health and their life, like even the people around you that you live with that you talk to every day. Um, if you're not already well yourself, right? So one of the best things that we can do to improve the lives of people around us is, is to really optimize and, and improve our health and um, start with our own wellness first, right? Couldn't agree more. I love that. Well, Dr. Amber, thank you so much. This has been so wonderful. I'm so grateful for you and all of the incredible work you do and very excited to share this with listeners. Likewise. Thanks for having me on. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would like to support the show, please subscribe, leave a rating and review and share it with others. Be sure to visit wellandstrong.com to access notes from the show and to stay current with new content. I'm so grateful you joined me. Be well and be strong.